Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our Course in Miracles daily reading conference call. We read from the text of A Course in Miracles original edition, which is published by our dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net, where if you mouse over a link at top for online edition, you'll see the link to read A Course in Miracles OE. On that same drop-down, there's an option to subscribe to have both the daily text reading and the lessons of the day sent to you from the Course of Miracles Society. My name is Lori Cameron. This call is Monday through Friday oh, from about 9.20 to about 10.50 a.m. Eastern every day. And today we're reading in Chapter 30, The New Beginning, Section 3, Freedom of Will. We're also mindful of our lesson today, which is Lesson 315. All gifts my brothers give belong to me. All gifts my brothers give belong to me. By way of opening this morning, speaking of free will and gratitude, felt like this opening from Pierre Pratervand in his book, Blessings to heal myself and the world was just perfect. I bless myself in my understanding of the functioning of grace. May I understand that whereas the materialistic mentality says just impossible, my higher wisdom whispers to me what a glorious opening for a fresh vision of how the universe operates. May I have the courage to shut out fear's chorus, whispering the mantra, not enough, not enough, not enough, and replace it with love's hymn. You are always with me, and all that I have is yours too. Infinite abundance is my mode of operation. May I see that where mortal mentality sees constant and growing division, the divine mind sees present oneness and harmony between all its children where rational cause-effect thinking claims limits as inherent to the human condition, may I see the omnipresence of unlimited possibility everywhere and at all times. All gifts my brothers give belong to me. A day for miracles. Amen. That was beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Ari. Thank you, guys. I sure do love finding those every morning. Okay, friends, here's our reading list. We have Reverend Recha, Fran, Hifan, Robin Marie, Lemoyne, Jessica, Lana, and Micah. We're joined in listening this morning by Ida, Patricia, Michelle, and Roz. Have I missed anyone or has anyone else joined since we started? No? Okay. It's a short reading today and completely whole in its content. So I thought perhaps we could read it once through and then read it again. It looks like we have enough readers to do that. So we'll read in our customary fashion. Uh, the first time through by stair-stepping the paragraphs and then just one paragraph at a time, I think, to summarize. 
that's okay. So here we go in chapter 30, the new beginning, section 3, freedom of will. Do you not understand that to oppose the Holy Spirit is to fight yourself? He tells you but your will. He speaks for you. In his divinity is but your own. And all he knows is but your knowledge saved for you that you may do your will through him. God has you do your will. He joins with you. He did not set up his kingdom alone and heaven itself but represents your will where everything created is for you. No spark of life but was created with your glad consent as you would have it be and not one thought that God has ever had but waited for your blessing to be born. God is no enemy to you. He asks no more than that he hear you call him friend. Reverend Rita. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Chapter 30, The New Beginning, and Section 3, Freedom of Will, and 33. Do you not understand that to oppose the Holy Spirit is to fight yourself? He tells you, but your will, he speaks to you. In his divinity is but your own, and all he knows is but your knowledge, saved for you, that you may do your will through him. God asks you, asks you do your will. He joins with you. He did not set his kingdom up alone, and heaven itself but represents your will, where everything created is for you. No spark of life but was created with your glad consent, as you would have it be, and not one thought that God has ever had, but waited for your blessing to be born. God is no enemy to you. He asks no more that, than that he hear you call him friend. And 34, how wonderful it is to do your will, for that is freedom. There is nothing else that ever should be called by freedom's name. Unless you do your will, you are not free. And would God leave his son without what he has chosen for himself? God but ensured that you would never lose your will when he gave you his perfect answer. Hear it now, that you may be reminded of his love and learn your will. God would not leave his son made prisoner to what he does not want. He joins with you and willing you be free. And to oppose him is to make a choice against yourself and choose that you be bound. Thank you, Reverend Raja. And Fran. 34. How wonderful it is to do your will, for that is freedom. There is nothing else that ever should be called by freedom's name. Unless you do your will, you are not free. And would God leave his son without what he has chosen for himself? God but ensured that you would never lose your will when he gave you his perfect answer. Hear it now that you may be reminded of his love and learn your will. 
God would not have his son made prisoner to what he does not want. He joins with you in willing you be free. And to oppose him is to make a choice against yourself and choose what you be bound, that you be bound. 35. Look Look once again upon your enemy, the one you chose to hate instead of love. For thus was hatred born into the world, and thus the rule of fear established there. Now hear God speak to you through him, who is his voice and yours as well, reminding you that it is not your will to hate and be a prisoner to fear, a slave to death, a little creature with a little life. Your will is boundless, and it is not your will that it be bound. What lies in you has joined with God himself in all creation's birth. Remember he who has created you, and through your will created everything. Not one created thing but gives you thanks, for it is by your will that it was born. No light of heaven shines except for you, for it was set in heaven by your will. Thank you, friend. And Yvonne. Thank you, Lori. 35. Look once again upon your enemy, the one you chose to hate instead of love. For thus was hatred born into the world, and thus the rule of fear established there. Now hear God speak to you through him who is his voice and yours as well reminding you that it is not your will to hate and be a prisoner to fear, a slave to death, a little creature with a little life. Your will is boundless. It is not your will that it be bound. What lies in you has joined with God himself in all creation's birth. Remember he who has created you Remember he who has created you and through your will created everything. Not one created thing but gives you thanks, for it is by your will that it was born. No light of heaven shines except for you, for it was set in heaven by your will. What cause have you for anger in a world which merely waits your blessing to be free? If you be prisoner, then God himself could not be free. For what is done to him whom God so loves is done to God himself. Think not he wills to bind you, who has made you co-creator of the universe along with him. He would but keep your will forever and forever limitless. Thank you. Thank you, Yvonne. And Robin Marie. Thirty-six. What cause have you for anger in a world which merely waits your blessing to be free? If you be prisoner, then God himself could not be free. For what is done to him whom God so loves is done to God himself. Think not he wills to bind you, who has made you 
co-creator of the universe along with him, he would but keep your will forever and forever limitless. 37. This world awaits the freedom you will give when you have recognized that you are free. But you will not forgive the world until you have forgiven him who gave your will to you. For it is by your will the world is given freedom. Not, nor can you be free apart from him whose holy will you share. God turns to you to ask the world be saved. For by your own salvation it is healed. And no one walks upon the earth but must depend on your decision that he learned death has no power over him because he shares your freedom as he shares your will. It is your will to heal him. And because you have decided with him, he is healed. And now is God forgiven, for you chose to look upon your brother as a friend. Thank you, Robin Marie. And Lemoyne. This world awaits the freedom you will give when you have recognized that you are free. But you will not give the world until you have forgiven him who gave your will to you. For it is by your will the world is given freedom. Nor can you be free apart from him whose holy will you share. God turns to you to ask the world be saved. For by your own salvation it is healed. And no one walks upon the earth but must depend upon your decision that he learned death has no power over him because he shares your freedom as he shares your will. It is your will to heal him and because you have decided with him he is healed. And now is God forgiven for you chose to look upon your brother as a friend. Thank you, Lemoyne. And let's see. I think it would just be so lovely to run through this once again, one paragraph at a time. And so if Jessica, you would like to read the first paragraph again, please. Paragraph 33. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Um, Do you not understand that to oppose the Holy Spirit is to fight yourself? He tells you but your will. He speaks for you. In his divinity is but your own. And all he knows is but your knowledge, saved for you, that you may do your will through him. God asks you, do your will. He joins with you. He did not set his kingdom up alone. And heaven itself but represents your will, where everything created is for you. No spark of life but was created with your glad consent, as you would have it be. 
and not one thought that God has ever had, but waited for your blessing to be born. God is no enemy to you. He asks no more than that he hear you call him friend. Are you on mute, Lauren? Well, I'm having trouble with my mute button here. I'm so sorry. Um, thank you, Jessica. And Lana, 34, please. How wonderful it is to do your will, for that is freedom. There is nothing else that ever should be called by freedom's name. Unless you do your will, you are not free, and would God leave his son without what he has chosen for himself? God but ensured that you would never lose your will when he gave you his perfect answer. Hear it now that you may be reminded of his love and learn your will. God would not have his son made prisoner to what he does not want. He joins with you in willing you be free, and to oppose him is to make a choice against yourself and choose that you be bound. Thank you, Lana. And Micah, 35, please. Okay. Uh, Look once again upon your enemy, the one you chose to hate instead of love. For thus was hatred born into the world, and thus the rule of fear established there. Now hear God speak to you through him who is his voice, and yours as well, reminding you that it is not your will to hate, and be a prisoner to fear, a slave to death, a little creature with a little life. Your will is boundless. It is not your will that it be bound. What lies in you has joined with God himself in all creation's birth. Remember he who has created you and through your will created everything. Not one created thing, but gives you thanks, for it is by your will that it was born. No light of heaven shines except for you, for it was set in heaven by your will. Thank you, Micah. And would there be a new reader for 36, please? Yes, this is Ida. Thank you, Ida. Thank you. Mm -hmm. 36. What cause have you for anger in a world which merely waits your blessing to be free? If you be prisoner, then God himself could not be free. 
For what is done to him whom God so loves is done to God himself. Think not he wills to bind you. Who has made you co-creator of the universe along with him? He would but keep your will forever and forever limitless. Thank you. Thank you, Ida. And would there be another reader, a new reader for paragraph 37? Oh, Lori, it's Mindy. I'd love to. 34? Thank you, Mindy. A 37, huh? How wonderful it is to do your will, for that is freedom. There is nothing else that ever should be called by freedom's name. Unless you do your will, you are not free. And would God leave his son without what he has chosen for himself? God but ensured that you would never lose your will when he gave you his perfect answer. Hear it now that you may be reminded of his love and learn that you're, and learn your will. I want me to say that one more time. He gave you his perfect answer. Hear it now that you may be reminded of his love and learn your will. God would not have his son made prisoner to what he does not want. He joins with you in willing you be free. And to oppose him is to make a choice against yourself and choose that you be bound. Uh, thank you, Mindy. That was lovely to hear again. And is there another new reader then to complete this morning with paragraph 37? I think we have one unmuted line. Thank you, Patricia. 37? Okay. Yes. This world awaits the freedom, the freedom you will give when you have recognized that you are free. But you will not forgive the world. You will not forgive the world until you have forgiven him who gave your will to you. For it is by your will the world is given freedom. Nor can you be free apart from him whose holy will you share. God turns to you to ask the world. God turns to you to ask the world be saved. For by your own salvation, it is healed. And no one walks upon the earth, but must depend on your decision. And he, that he, and no one walks upon the earth, but must depend on your decision that he learned death has no power over him because he shares your freedom and he shares your will. It is 
your will to heal him. And because you have decided with him, he is healed. And now, and now is God forgiven for you choose to look upon your brother as a friend. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Patricia. And thank you, everyone who read this morning. And, um, you know what? I think to, um, I think to call upon anyone who hasn't had an opportunity to read this morning, if there is anyone um, who would like to read, again, a favorite paragraph from this reading. Anyone like to take that opportunity? Okay, then. Uh, Lord, the floor is open. One again. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. And who else? Go ahead. Oh, it's just um, um, Fran and me. Go ahead. Okay. You go. Go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead Fran. No, go, Fran. Fran, go. <laughs> we might have the same paragraph. <laughs> oh, okay. Which paragraph is it? <laughs> Mine's 35. <laughs> oh. <laughs> What's yours? Mine's 37, but go ahead. So okay. you're, you, right. you're right. before me. <laughs> okay. Okay. Look once again upon your enemy, the one you chose to hate instead of love. For thus was hatred born into the world, and thus the rule of fear established there. Now hear God speak to you through him, who is his voice and yours as well, reminding you, that it is not your will to hate and be a prisoner to fear, a slave to death, a little creature with a little life. Your will is boundless. It is not your will that it be bound. What lies in you has joined with God himself in all creation's birth. Remember he who has created you and through your will created everything. Not one created thing but gives you thanks, for it is by your will that it was born. No light of heaven shines except for you, for it was set in heaven by your will. Thank you, friend. And Reverend Rita. Well, actually, Fran, can... What, what, what do you? What, what's your comments about that? You know why? I'd love to see here. You know why? Why you chose that? Um, if if you oh, had sure. Yeah, <laughs> I love this um, one sentence in here. This is my favorite part when he says, "Now hear God speak to you through Him, who is His voice and yours as well, reminding you that it is not your will to hate and be a prisoner to fear, a slave to death." and a little creature with a little light. He's reminding. He's not telling us. We already know. He's reminding us. I just love that part. Okay, your turn. <laughs> well, that's awesome. That that's point. so true. 
<laughs> reminding you that it's not your will to hate. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, and to be a prisoner of fear. Yeah, I don't have to be a prisoner of fear and a slave to death. You know, and that sort of relates to why I liked uh, 37. And it's not that 37 was my favorite, but you know what's weird? I was looking down and reading it, reading it again, and I, I thought of this book that I just um just uh, discovered it's called Love <laughs> Letters to Your Soul just came out like a week ago this woman Crystal Ray is a yoga teacher and I may I'll have to go looking because I I taught yoga and I I used you know of course teachers and I, I'll have to see because her name's beautiful and it sounds familiar but anyway she had a near-death experience and I shared it on my Facebook if you go read your joy or whatever or whatever um, and uh, that was 30 years ago and they told her that she would write a book <laughs> and it took 30 years you know and that's how it happens sometimes it takes a long time but the book just came out and the book is pure love and it's when I read 37 I remembered all of a sudden that this book came to mind you know it and, and the last part it says it is your will to heal him and because you have decided with him he is healed the whole message of the book is I love you and in that love we will open to the love that we are and love one another now is God forgiven for you chose to look upon your brother as a friend so that whole uh, you know paragraph just sort of spoke to me about about the message of that book you know to, to remember who we are to love one another um, uh, this world you know and this world awaits the freedom and how you will give when you have recognized that you are free this world uh, she was told in her um, she, she was in a I think a Jeep or something and it rolled off a mountainside it looked like the mountains in Colorado I don't know where it was but pretty horrendous it rolled like 10 times but she left her body um, at the at the moment that it went over the edge and uh, you know had the near-death experience but she was told that everything is uh, love and that she was to go back and basically what it says in the course be the light in the seeming dark you know be the love you know love be that messenger of love in other words the salvation of the world depended on her it depends on all of us <laughs> to love one another and to remember that love this world awaits the freedom you will give when you have recognized that you are free but you will not forgive the world until you have forgiven him who gave your will to you for it is by your will hold on I got to move away from my loving husband who's on a conference call for it is by your will the world is given freedom you know that's it was her will to give the world freedom nor can you be free apart from him whose holy will you share God turns to you to ask the world be saved for by your own salvation is it healed and no one walks upon the earth but must depend on your decision that he learned death has no power over him because he shares your freedom as he shares your will it is your will to heal him and because you have decided with him he is healed 
And now is God forgiven for you chose to look upon your brother as a friend. So that's why I chose that paragraph. So the book is called Love um, Love Letters to Your Soul, and it's Crystal with an H, Crystal Ray, R-A-E. Um, anyway, I'm complete. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, Reverend Marija. Marija. Thank you, Reverend Marija. Beautiful. Thank you. Oh, thanks for sharing that, Reverend Marija. Thank you, Reverend Marija. This is Yvonne. I wanted to, uh, we still have a little time before the top of the hour. I wanted to just go with the paragraph, the first paragraph. Um, I don't really feel necessary to read the whole thing, but when he says, do you not understand that to oppose the Holy Spirit is to fight yourself? Of course. <laughs> Every day when I'm, fighting my, when I'm fighting with myself, I know that I'm opposing the Holy Spirit, you know. He but tells you, but your own will. That's right. This is what I like. He, spoke, he speaks to you. In his divinity is but your own. And all he knows is but your knowledge, save for you, that you may do your will through him. So he, he's telling us already, we know this. We already know that. Because this, 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 this will, God's will, has is, uh, is already been saved for us by, by, by our creation. So that we already know that. So that spoke to me this morning, the way that this was written. And all he knows is but your knowledge, save for you, that you may do his will, your will through him. So I just wanted to bring that up because that spoke to me. I'm complete. Thank you. Oh, excellent. Thank you. Thank you, Yvonne. Oh, thank this you, Ida. And um, from that first paragraph, a famous sentence that's just well known from the Course, the two sentences, God is no enemy to you. He asks no more than that. He hear you call him for friend. That's a that's a real big, um, uh, well-known uh, quote from the Course. And um, also, um, I feel like um, the line that Reverend Reacher just read uh, from the last paragraph, God turns to you to ask the world be saved, for by your own salvation it is healed, sums up this section, this chapter, and maybe even the entire course, <laughs> right? Because God's waiting for us to to ask that the world be saved by our own salvation, that by our own salvation, you know, by my, what I think, my little person here of the, my salvation, the whole world is healed. And then in the last line of, um, of that um, paragraph, and now is God forgiven, for you chose to look upon your brother as a friend. Well, so we forgave God. It sounds kind of funny to forgive God. God didn't do anything wrong. No, but to the ego, I he's saying that to us as ego, we think God did something wrong. What, by creating our brother? Yeah, that, that type of thing. I think that's what he means in there. And remember, God is love. So when we forgive God, we forgive love. And how can love do anything wrong that needs to be forgiven also as well? 
So I just wanted to bring that, those things out. Thanks. I'm complete. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Thank Ida. So much Thank for you, Ida. Great. Thank you, Ida. Thank you, Ida. It's Lana. Just, I really, I, I really uh, appreciate what you shared, Ida. Um, and and it's what struck me as well that at the end of the first paragraph, where it says Jesus, I mean God is no enemy to you. He has no more than he here you call him friend. And then the very last sentence of um, the last paragraph and now is God forgiven for you chose to look upon your brother as a friend it just brings to mind um, and stirs my heart to the of the interconnectedness of, of the unity and the unity that is creation and that is our reality of love it's it's like I I, God is in everything I see because everything I see contains that creative spark of love that is God. So um, it's so a reciprocal, you know, as I forgive uh, my brother, I forgive God, I forgive myself, I forgive the world. And you can take any seeming fragment or aspect of it of the whole and you still get the whole (laughs) you know it's not separate there's no separation there's no frag separate fragments within each aspect of creation it contains the whole so as I forgive my brother I forgive God as I forgive God I forgive my brother because in that generalization that is love that is the only reality we're all there. <laughs> we're we're just all there together. And um, as I love, as I extend that love, I'm not only loving the world, I'm loving you guys, I'm loving God, I'm loving myself. And all that love is so healing. It's just so healing. Um, no matter how I integrate it, no matter how I extend it or who I extend it to, it's it's all part of that wholeness and that oneness that is our reality. So I really love the way Jesus just brought those two they're like bookends um, to this section. So I'm complete. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Lana. Oh, thank you, Lana. Thank you. Thank you. That's so beautiful. I'm glad I could help you set you up because I used to do that in volleyball. <laughs> In high school, I, I wouldn't be the one that would get the point, but I'd be the next, the one right before the one that got points. Shut it up and give it to that person. And they'd slam it down to the other side. Anyway, thank you. I'm complete. <laughs> yeah, that was perfect, Ida. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you both. <clears throat> and maybe we're close enough to the top of the hour that um, we can partake. Let's just partake of this beautiful lesson this morning that Fran set up for us. I'll turn it over to you, Fran. Okay, thank you. Hi, everybody. We are in the second part of the workbook, and the theme that we are on now is, What is the Last Judgment? And today's lesson is Lesson 315. All gifts my brothers give belong to me. 
So I shall read some from What is the Last Judgment? Christ's second coming gives the Son of God the gift to hear the voice for God, proclaim that what is false is false, and what is true has never changed. And this, the judgment is in which perception ends. At first you see a world which has accepted this as true, projected from a now-corrected mind. And with this holy sight, perception gives a silent blessing and then disappears, its goal accomplished and its mission done. The final judgment in the world contains no condemnation, for it sees the world as totally forgiven, without sin and holy purposes. God's final judgment is as merciful as every step in his appointed plan to bless his son and call him to return to the eternal peace he shares with him. Be not afraid of love, for it alone can heal all sorrow, wipe away all tears, and gently waken from his dream of pain the son whom God acknowledges as his. Be not afraid of this. Salvation asks you give it welcome and the world awaits your glad acceptance, which will set it free. This is God's final judgment. Quote, you are my, still my holy son, forever innocent, forever loving, and forever loved. As limitless as your creator and completely changeless and forever pure. Therefore awaken and return to me. I am your father and you are my son, unquote. And we'll go to the lesson. Lesson 315. All gifts my brothers give belong to me. Each day, a thousand treasures come to me with every passing moment. I am blessed with gifts throughout the day, in value far beyond all things of which I can conceive. A brother smiles upon another, and my heart is gladdened. Someone speaks a word of gratitude or mercy, and my mind perceives this gift and takes it as its own. And everyone who finds the way to God becomes my Savior, pointing out the way to me and giving me his certainty that what he learned is surely mine as well. I thank you, Father, for the many gifts that come to me today and every day from every son of God. My brothers are unlimited in all their gifts to me. Now may I offer them my thankfulness that gratitude to them may lead me on to my creator and his memory. We'll take a moment and reflect on this. Lesson 315. All gifts my brothers give belong to me.
I thank you, Father, for the many gifts that come to me today and every day from every Son of God. Lesson 315. All gifts my brothers give belong to me. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Sam. Amen. What a feast. Thank you, friend. Thank you. Yes. Thank you, friend. The beautiful service you're giving to all of us and to yourself and to God by doing this. Thank you again. Thank you, Ida. That was sweet. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Ida. Thank you, Thanks, friend. Ida. This, um, this is Reverend Rudy Joy, and this, the part in the lesson where it says, A brother smiles upon another, and my heart is gladdened. You know, two things come to mind. One is that years ago, I mean, back when we were using cassette tapes, I, I recorded this <laughs> for some reason for myself. I, I recorded this, this lesson, and I have that cassette tape somewhere. Uh, but I don't know why it stuck out for me, but a, a brother smiles upon another, and my heart is gladdened. And I recall when I um, had my little baby, he's um, grown up now, of course, but he, he was like 10 months old. And I think, I was just thinking back at this memory, I can't remember whether I was the person with the baby holding the door open for the stroller, or I was the, you know, or, I can't remember if I was pushing the stroller or holding the door open. You know, it's like, so, it, but it happened. There was this exchange of, my heart was so gladdened. It was just the smallest gift of, of kindness, whether I, I held it open or, or they held it open for me. We, we looked at one another and we exchanged that oneness and it was just so precious and so beautiful. I'll never... I'll forget who was on each side, but I'll never forget that feeling of glad, glad, my heart being gladdened. That gift that we gave to one another is what I'm trying to share, you know. And so it's, that, um, it's the gifts and the gratitude for the gifts, right? He said, oh, my thankfulness. You know, now may I offer them my thankfulness, that gratitude to them may lead me to my creator and his memory. So I'm grateful for all the gifts I've received from my brothers. I just am wanting to open my heart to those gifts. Each day, each day a thousand treasures come to me. What a beautiful way to live <laughs> with every passing moment. What a blessing. I'm complete. Love you all. Oh, that was great. Thanks for sharing that. That was beautiful. Thank you, Reverend Thank Reja. You. Oh, Thank you. Thank you, Reverend Reja. Thank you for remembering the feeling. It's wonderful. Um, it makes me think of how, made me think of how, we often call the voice of the Holy Spirit the still, small voice. And I have experienced it many times that way. 
and and, and sort of um, practical as well as inspirational, uh, like Reverend Regis said, ways. And I remember one time it was, you know, like 15 years ago when I was in Ethencar. I don't know if any of you heard of that, but anyway, um, that what they call the religion of the light and sound of God. And um, there was some kind of event that was going on, a class or was going at another location rather than where we met for church. And um, a couple of people I knew from my center were, were there. At some point we were talking either before or after the, the, um, the, um, the lesson that we went to. And God told me to put my arm around the guy. And I thought, the guy thought, oh, that guy is so cute, I like I had a crush on him. And so instinctively of my introverted instinct, I did not put my arm around that guy. Didn't quite feel right to my ego. I put my arm around the woman, but then, you know, for a second or whatever, but I felt this energy come out from the guy. And, and I realized God wanted that energy from him to come out to me. The Holy Spirit wanted that. So that's why he told me to do that, to help him ground his energy at the same time give me more energy, which I must have needed at that point to help myself eventually become more, you know, extroverted. <laughs> I think that introversion, extroversion thing, it affects people's bodies as well as their spirit and their emotions you know, and their thoughts. So that's what I think now about it. So just uh, not so much of a feeling thing with emotion, but with energy, I definitely felt a lot a lot of energy coming out from him just a, a foot away from me. And uh, anyway, just for future reference, you may have some situation like that in your life or whatever, or may have had already. But um, thanks for hearing me. I'm complete. Hmm. Thank you, Ida. Thank Thanks, you, Ida. Ida. I love that Thanks, story. Ida. Thanks, Ida. Good morning, Sandra. Okay. This is Sandra. Oh. Um, did you want to go first, Micah? No, I'd like to hear what you have to say. Thanks. Okay, thank you. I thank you, Father, for the many gifts that come to me today and every day from every son of God. My brothers are unlimited in their gifts to me. And yesterday I was in a meeting and one of the people in the meeting was having a challenge and another person in the meeting totally encompassed them and was very compassionate, spoke the truth, and the outcome was that I felt safe. I felt really safe. I was so happy to observe the other, um, you know, serving another in such a loving, caring, truthful, honorable way. And I felt safe. So that was a gift. Even though it wasn't directed towards me, I got the gift too. And um, this works as well, even when I'm getting the gift of maybe contraction and fear or distrust in another brother or sister, 
or anger or judgment or anything like that because those are gifts because they they guide me to turn towards my Holy Spirit and strengthen that muscle of turning it over to my Holy Spirit with that little willingness to say, I don't really know what's happening here. I just know how I feel, and it doesn't feel good. So I'm going to turn it over to you, Holy Spirit. Show me the truth about it, because I know that God's plan for me is perfect happiness. And when I go in deep and I look at that event where I felt contracted or angry or resentful or judgmental, and I see that it was a gift because it's showing me the parts of myself that I need to heal. Not my brother. My brother can't heal that. I need to heal it because it's the part of me that still believes I'm separate from my creator. So those incidents are a gift as well. I'm complete. Oh, yes, indeed. Thank you, Sandra. Oh, yeah, that was lovely. You, Sandra. Sandra. Yes, it thank was. You. Thank you, Sandra. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for thanks sharing that. Great. Oh, this, this is Mike. I, uh, when the lesson was started to be read, the thought came to listen, and I, I probably would hear something a little different than what I heard earlier th- this morning. And uh, I did. And it, part of it was an echo off of the uh, when Lana shared about that wholeness and the oneness. It, uh, there was something, Lana, in, in your words, and you're being communicated this this field of oneness and wholeness that was really alive. And so when the lesson was being read, you know, a brother smiles upon another, my heart is glad and someone speaks a word of gratitude. I, I, I heard it from that resonance came back of this field of wholeness where the minds are joined and that's all there is, is this, is this interconnected, field of being in deep relationship in a wholeness and of course I'm going to smile because because it's me it's it's there's only one and um it so it, that was kind of nice and then kind of nice it was very nice and then the uh I did want to say something about the text but I'll read maybe I'll talk about that later but right in the um what is the last judgment this part again went really deep where jesus is saying you know what is false is false and what is true has never changed and this the judgment is in which perception ends at first you see a world which has accepted this as true projected from a now corrected mind this mind is astounding and it's powerful. Jesus says you can create worlds. Anyway, uh, projected from a now corrected mind. And with this holy sight, perception gives a silent blessing and then disappears. Its goal accomplished and its mission done. And I heard it from this perspective this morning uh, that I've, I've seen it from before. But it was so alive this morning that perception for me, I'm starting to get deeper understanding, is 
when I, there's a feeling of identification into a body that's looking out of eyeballs and listening through ears, to me that's the perception. And so when when he's speaking of uh, you know a holy sight, perception gives a silent blessing, and with this holy sight, perception gives a silent blessing, and then disappears. It's like it's not like the the dream goes away. That this this mirage dimension of consciousness projecting form that doesn't go away, but it, it starts to be held within this mind and, with, and within this oneness. And suddenly the perception has gone. It's faded away, but in its place is this vision that holds the mind, sees the hologram of the, of the world, and, uh, and it feels this unity as self. And um, so it's not, you know, it's not like some everything rolls up into a nothingness. You know, it's it's uh, it, it gets incredibly more mysterious and alive and dynamic and multidimensional. And um, uh, it's not a lessening of God or self. It's a blossoming into this this true magnitude. So anyway, that that's that's all I've got to say on the lesson. Thanks. Thanks, Micah. Thank you, oh, Micah. Thank you, Micah. That was beautiful. Thank you, Micah. Really? Are you welcome? Oh, we <laughs> yeah, thank you, Micah. Mm-hmm. Hi. Good morning. It's Jude. I have, um, you know, I don't know why, but um, I always, when I get up in the morning, flip open the book and see where it lands me and. This morning it landed me in the um, the earlier um, lessons. Um, I am the light of the world. I am the the light and and forgiveness are one. And the the um, my function is to be the light of the world, to see through the eyes of forgiveness. That forgiveness, my function is only forgiveness. My purpose is only forgiveness. My purpose and my function are happy to be happy, which is, you know, directly related to what we read yesterday. My decision to be happy is to decide I have no other function or purpose than to forgive the world. And, you know, when forgiveness, when I have forgiven the world, the, the overlooked the dream of my judgment of it is all what forgiveness means to me, that I see judging it, the dream of judgment ends, and I can see the real world as it is in truth because I'm seeing it through the light of the mind of God that shines through me. I'm seeing through the light of the mind of God that sees through me and sees everything in its perfection and everything in its holiness. And, you know, I'm, I'm just grateful that I opened the book um, the way that I did this morning because I read through where love holds no grievances. You know, and the difference between um, the ego's, ego's um, tight grip on holding grievances, which to me simply means that I'm, I'm judging what my eyes perceive 
and wanting it to be different. I don't like it. I want someone to be different. And all my body's eyes perceive are what a person does, says, in a body, which is not who they are. So perceiving sees an unreality of my brother, and then I judge him by it, by what I would make him of what I would make of him or make him of it by my perception of him. And so this um, line in the, in the reading, what cause have you for anger in a world that merely waits for my blessing? You know, that, that is such a gentle and, and loving and mercifully kind, you know, that the gratitude in reading the lesson that was appropriate for today, that my body's eyes cannot perceive all the love that's being expressed in the totality of God's reality, the perfection of God's reality as his son being one, that his son being one is expressing and lighting up the world, that light, light, light of all the sparks, of all the thoughts in the mind of God that we are, the spirit of light that we are, that we can't even conceive of it the lesson says, big, my body, my body's eyes and mind can't even conceive of it. I can't even imagine it because it's beyond imagination. But I can know it. I can know it and accept it and claim it as my, the truth of who I am. And that's the wonderful thing I'm feeling and experiencing today. My eyes closed. My heart and mind silent still. The magnitude and the absolute immensity, the infinity of God's love for us. For me and for you, everyone, intimately. God's intimately in love with each and every one of us. And freedom, the freedom, free, free will was given us to be free, to be free of any law the body would imprison us to, any limitation, any pain, any sickness, any suffering, any sin that we could hold each other in judgment of because we cannot judge what we are. There's nothing to be perceived. We are formless. Spirit, the light of love, that shines forever, forevermore, always and forever, already, always here and present in my heart. <laughs> my heart's going to explode today, guys. <laughs> That's, all. That's great. And I loved all that, Judy. Thank you so thank much. You. Yes, thank, thank you, you so Judy. much, Judy. You are a real jewel, <laughs> Judy. Well, hi, it's Lana again. Um, I, I wanted all this, the, the reading today, the lesson today, um, it just uh, keeps 
taking me back to an experience I had, uh, oh, 20 some years ago. I was recovering from uh, a surgery. I'd just come home and it was serious. I'd, I'd almost died. I had the last rites. And so the recovery period was um, a few weeks after I got home and, and I needed help. You know, I, I couldn't, you know, it was one of those occasions where um, I truly had to depend on my brothers um, because I couldn't take care of myself. I saw, you know, it was like a, a, a place where Jesus really showed me uh, humility. And um, and it was such a gift because I remember, you know, I had this young, noisy neighbor. He was a young guy. He was always having parties and um, making noise late at night, and, and I complained about him. And, and then there was this um, neighbor. We called her the busybody. She knew everybody's business, and you knew that anything you told her was going to be broadcast. So, and, and then there was this lovely nun. I used to call her the Jehovah Witness of the Catholic Church because she showed up at my doorstep every Sunday asking if um, I wanted communion. And so these people um, became my saviors. It was such a humbling and glorious experience. I'm the the noisy neighbor told me he would take care of my trash and take it out, you know, twice a week, not to worry about it. Take it down to the corner, and um, and the nosy neighbor, her network actually paid off my car so I wouldn't have to worry about my car payments. She gathered all this money together to help me. And and the nun, Sister Maureen, she showed up and she says, I'm going to meet your daughter at the bus stop, don't worry. And then I'm going to bring food and cook you dinner, cook you both dinner. And she came every day for, I don't know, two, three weeks until I was able to take care of myself again. And it was um, these blessed people who I had up to that point had only seen what I'd overlaid them upon them, had only seen my misperceptions of them, have, had up until that point had not seen their inner light. Um, and then to have it shown to me so blazingly and brilliantly um, they became my my saviors. They became my treasures. They became my angels from heaven, sent by God. And I I don't think I ever. Um, I think it was around that time that I started to recognize that whenever I looked at a brother, it was God's eyes that were looking back at me, and to not be stopped by my first impressions. And 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 that can be challenging, you know, because. Um, the ego will define my brothers for me and give me a false reading about who they are. And if I'm not careful, if I'm not vigilant, I will succumb to that uh, that temptation because it's easier. It, you know, it's uh, from the ego point of view, it's um, it's easier to diminish and limit a person than it is to look further, look beyond the seemingly obvious to see what's deeper, you know, and, and um, 
I remember a guy I used to work with and his mother died and he said something that I never forgot. He said, I wish I could just wear a sign that says I hurt so people would know what was going on within me and I wouldn't have to talk about it. And I think we all carry that around our necks, you know, at one, some point where we just want the world to know I hurt. And it it is a call for love. And and um, and I've been blessed. Whoops! I just I just dropped the phone. Um, and I've been blessed by having those experiences that have taught me to look deeper, to look further, to look beyond what seems to be. And um, and it's a blessing. It was a huge blessing and a huge turning point in my spiritual journey for me. So. Uh, the lesson in the reading today just brought again to the surface our interconnectedness and our oneness in God um, in a very clear, powerful way. Uh, so anyhow, that came to mind, so I thought I would share it. I'm complete. Lana, that was so beautiful. Thank you. Really, Lana. Oh, thank you, guys. Thank you so much. Thanks, Lynn. I'm just so grateful for everybody's testimony of how you had the opportunity to touch somebody you didn't know well or vice versa. And it's just so inspiring. Thank you, everybody. I'm complete. Thank you so much. I enjoyed all of your shares. Yes. Have a good morning. Here with your heart. Oh, thank you, Robert. Right. Marie. Good day, Robert. I know you have to rush to work. Thanks. I was Bye. just gonna thank you, darling. I was just gonna share that I thought that this lesson is talked about your will, your will, your will. It said that lots of times. So I think what that means is just my will is um, my choice, and my choice is. And then your brother, you know, talked about that. And so basically your, my, my will is to uh, choose kindness and choose love and choose the right teacher and choose light and to choose uh, having good thoughts for others and myself because that's light and peace. And when that's a challenge, I can just bless them, help me, give it to God and think a different thought, just like turning on a light switch and um, choosing kindness is uh, usually the way to go. And if I struggle with that, I just try to, if somebody causes me maybe paranoia or something, I'll just pray for them that they have everything that I would want from myself and see them as my brother in Christ, like somebody that I love or care about or pretend like I've never seen them before, but ultimately to choose loving thoughts for them and return to my breath and forgiveness by just letting it go. Namaste. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you. Thank you, Michelle. Well, you have a great day, Thank you, Michelle. Thank you, Michelle. What a gift. Thank you, dear, for being with us today.
Patricia, I'm just wondering how you're doing and if you have anything, you no pressure, but if you have anything you feel like sharing right now. Thanks. Oh, how wonderful. Yeah, I actually was just savoring every bit of it and uh, hearing this uh, kind of a eternal voice I have conversation with all the time. And it's kind of what she was saying, oh, I love when we use this word nothing and nothingness because it's so full of everything. <laughs> and so I'm laying back and just enjoying this sort of conversation, sort of, um, I don't know what we want to call it. I just tell her, now I just say, I think you're my oversoul because you seem to have been with me forever. And um, even my ego, this child persona, has completely surrendered this eternal voice and uh, so you're reminding me of how we're going to learn a whole new meaning for that word nothing or empty <laughs> and the second thing that calls me up to answer is a recollection now I think it happens to me this time of year in the fall when things drop away identities out here there are um, hills of apple trees that uh, people gather in the valleys here from all over the world actually to see the entire valleys full of these bright um, white and pink and purple flowers when they're blooming the hills and then the red and the green almost like Christmas trees of apples that feed everybody and the animals and the ground and the people. It's such a celebration. And right now, those trees have dropped every identity. They know they've never been a body. And I was gifted with the ability to observe that this time of year. The reminder that everybody's in their own inner phase of ripening but somehow I not being a body or having a person to take care of I learned very young and I now am old enough to see the gift the gift because I'd been nearly dead three times from an early child time to a middle uh, eight-year-old, nine-year-old period, and then an adult period. And the that the physical trauma now, as I look back, every time when I hear a story like some came up today of experiencing being out of your body and not at all a part of the car crash or the 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 violence that's going into that body I learned that so young that uh, nobody could ever fool me that I was a body because I, I, I get learning that I'm this other spirit and I know it it's, it's, uh, and what it's taught me when I found this uh, curriculum was oh that speaks from this place that 
the doctors would claim as disassociated when I was an adult. You know, she's, you know, out of her body. And I would, in my mind, get away from these doctors as fast as you can because these people don't even aware when they're disassociated. Honey, you are. You're awake that you're not this body. And sometimes you need to disconnect from all sensations. And that's a gift. And it's made me the type of a profession. It's made everything that would be anything I could say I'm so deeply blessed for. So I don't call upon the drama or the pain. But now I look back. And no, I was never touched. I was only deepened in this eternal voice. Oh my gosh, I had no idea it could be full time before you die. And I guess that's a benefit of coming to that crisis where you give, you don't, your your physical life matters not. And uh, the beauty now of living such an intense daily life with people and change and knowing now, every time a memory comes to me, you guys, from this hum, that I, I, it's right under our skin. And it happens with every voice vibrating this morning. And it's just this low-level buzz, like a big giant cat humming under the skin. And that's that empty bliss of coherence, just knowing I'm hearing my source. I'm feeling my wholeness that is not this body. It transforms through it. One quick near-death experience, I thought I was going to get to go because I got so far that I could see and show all the great deeds I'd done in my life because I was so ready to go. And I got said no, and they showed me the book, and they turned it around, and they, it was empty, every page empty. And then said, Patricia, you have never been the doer, and you're going to go back until you get it. You're the light, and you don't do a single thing. And when you can combine that with the ego of the human, you're bringing heaven to earth, and then you know. So get on back there. And it's taken me a long time to get this. We're all getting it. Thank you. Yes, we are. Thank you. Oh, thanks, Patricia. Beautiful. So much. Oh, thank um, you, Patricia. Thank you, Pat. Talking about nothingness, well, I learned at some point that nothingness has everything, and uh, I used to be with the University of Science and Philosophy. I knew Leah Russell, the head of that university, and her husband, her, her late husband, had written a book called The Universal One, a big book. It took him seven years to write, explaining from his this, you know, month-long illumination in 29 of how the universe is created and all that stuff. And I wanted to give the book to Adam Trombley, who this sort of new age scientist, he's still around, still doing his stuff, 
uh, now, but that was in the 80s. I went to the talk that, that Adam gave, and he was telling us that, you know, just sort of like a new age scientist. And he said that in every cubic centimeter of space, now remember, a centimeter is so small, it's barely the size of a, of a tiny fly and smaller than a, big, a regular fly. And it's so small. But in every cubic centimeter of space, they had found that there was something like 10 to the 92nd power units of energy. Now, 10 to the, you know, 10 to the 6th power is 100,000. 10 to the 92nd power is more than I think we even have a word to describe how large that number is, units of energy in every cubic centimeter of space. So when they talk about free energy and machines and stuff like that, don't be surprised because there's all that energy. And, and Tesla showed that. And when he stuck the light bulbs into the ground, and that's all he did, just stick them into the ground little ways, and they lit up, <laughs> energy pulsing through the earth. And and it's, it's all there, no matter whether we call it energy or God or love or – to me, it's all the same. Um, even that quantifying is probably that number is going to change and we're just going to say it's infinite now because that's what I ultimately believe that it is infinite. It's beyond uh, measure. It's like eternity, right? Eternity is, is not a long amount of time, even if it's really long. Eternity is no time at all. <laughs> so um, I just wanted to share that. Um for your edification, it really enlightened me. Thanks so much. I'm complete. Thank you, Ida. Thank you, Ida. It's a beautiful expression of generosity. Thank you so much. Oh, Patricia has to highlight quickly, just hearing that voice, that that's a sign of appreciation and thank you so much. The vibration there, I want to tell you, I will think, Laurie, that it's you when somebody talks to me on the phone that will suddenly sound exactly like you and I'll feel this mm, same hum. You know how each person on this call, it's like we're a symphony. And when this this love flows through our voices, it's these hums. Well, Lori, I figured it out. At first, it seemed as though there were these at least eight different Lori's that live in my town. And now I've got, oh, you guys all love with the same frequency of God. And I am recognizing it in you every morning, in that God, and you are teaching me to recognize all those glories. And Micah is I here, and who's another one? So many of you. It's almost like I can see you in frequencies that are of your same home in my town. And I just had to let you know that's reality for me. And the world doesn't need to change at all. That's so much fun to be with you. Thank you. Oh, that was beautiful, Patricia. 
Thank you. Thank you, Patricia. It was What a stunning, stellar example of capital S self that we all share. It's so beautiful. Thank you. This is Lori, and I sure do love today's lesson. It's so much more than all my brother's gifts belong to me. Um, someone smiles and it lights my heart. Someone offers a word of mercy and it feels like expansion to me. Um, (sighs) And if I ever forget, and I do, I do forget. If I ever forget, there's a sure fired immediate way that jettisons me back to this one self that we share in its gratitude. You know, I found a, a beautiful little expression the other day that I was going to share as an opening, but it's just perfect right here with this lesson. It's impossible to judge and bless at the same time. And of these two, which would I prefer? <laughs> which which causes my heart to soar? Which expands me? Which warms me? Which comforts me? To judge or to bless? Oh, the choice is clear. I went back this morning and looked at lesson uh, 195. Love is the way I walk in gratitude. And in that lesson, it's, it's so beautiful. Let me see if I have a tab with it on here. Yeah, I do. That lesson ends with this promise. Our gratitude will pave the way to him and shorten our learning time by more than you could ever dream of. Gratitude goes hand in hand with love and where one is, the other must be found. For gratitude is but an aspect 
of the love which is the source of all creation. See how this rings with today's reading. God gives thanks to you, his son, for being what you are, his own completion. And get this, the source of love along with him. Your gratitude to him is one with his to you, for love can walk no road except the way of gratitude. And thus we go, who walk the way with God. I cannot bless and judge at the same time. And if I want to remember, and I do, I want to remember capital S self. I want to remember that we all came here on a project. We came here as part of a grand project to learn how to express love and gratitude to each other. Because in this grand project, we together are the source of love. Now I can tell my mind that it is my will to love, but but when I think that love is something that must come from me, I'm missing the great boat. <laughs> love doesn't come from me. Love comes from source. But when source love flows through me, there's nothing in the world like it. He says, to do the will of God perfectly is the only experience that can be known. And when you've had that experience, there is no other experience. And what is the will of God but to love, to let source love flow through? And when it flows through, it is the expression of God himself. Thus I know that I have forgiven God for creating me as a being in holy relationship with everything. There's a another quote I love. Life is as holy as the holiness by which it was created. And I've said this before, but I know it's very, very, very true, and it's an experience he holds out. But for, but for my willingness to accept it, and that's the experience that everything is holy. Everything is holy. Now, as I said before, it, it comes like little cat feet, this holiness, this embrace that feels as though it feels like this. It feels like belonging, that we belong to each other. We belong so deeply, so totally, so um, massively <laughs> that that all the universe is nothing but the love we hold for each other. It's beyond description, and it's um, and it's just almost incompatible with a body. It's so total how much we love each other, and that experience, those holy instants, those. Um, those experiences of doing God's will perfectly await us all, but for the willingness to give up a personal belief in 
anything that's mine. Nothing's mine. Everything is ours. That's unity. And when I uh, asked Fran this morning, it just came out of my mouth, let's partake. We partake of each other every morning. And it's in our partaking of holiness that we become the perfect spotless mirrors in which God shines on us of himself. Judgment. Judgment and blessing are totally incompatible with each other, and there's only one that makes me happy. Only one, and that is to bless. The most stellar lesson in the entire workbook is lesson 127. And in that lesson, um, there's an embedded promise. That lesson is, there is no love but God. It is my will to love like God. <laughs> and if I forget that, and I do, I forget that. When I forget that, all I have to do is say thank you. And it works everywhere, all the time, always. Because it puts my mind in a state of remembrance that life is holy and everything here is holy. It it's like falling leaves in my heart. <laughs> Thank you for, for that image, Patricia. When things fall away, when judgment falls away, when ideas of my own fall away, when uh, the lies that my body's eyes show me about separation, because separation and perception go hand in hand together, you see. Perception is a state of judgment. But the mind, the mind we share with God, contains nothing like that. There's nothing there like that. And when those fall away, just like leaves, when those ideas of separation fall away, just like leaves on a tree, all that's left there is love. God asks you to do His will. God asks you to do your will. He joins with you in doing your will. I don't have to ask what that is. It's to love, because love is the only thing that ever was or ever will be. And the extension of that love is the purpose of all creation. I will only ever be happy. I will only ever be free. As I learn to extend that love like an embrace toward anything and everything. Because life is holy. And um, holy instants come because holiness is the state of everything. It's not a separate thing. The holy instant is what everything was meant to be, always. The state of communication and the only thing that could ever be communicated is love. It says in this work, you can never really give anything to anyone but love, nor can you ever receive anything but love from him. If I'm giving or receiving something different than that, my mind has fallen into judgment, which is a dream. Dream of judgment came upon the mind of God's son. That's the dream. And when I bless, when I bless, 
the dream of judgment disappears because love is the way we walk in gratitude. Gratitude, all my brother's gifts belong to me, a brother's smiles and my heart feels glad. That's the natural state of the Son of God. We don't have to go somewhere to find it. It's what we are. It's our natural being. And so I'm so thankful for you all. He saw you were incomplete. He says, I'm going to go there. It's from chapter 24, and I know I have it open here somewhere. The Christ in you is very still. He knows where you are going, and he leads you there in gentleness and blessing all the way. His love for God replaces all the fear you thought you saw within yourself. His holiness shows you himself and him whose hand you hold and whom you lead to him. And what you see is like yourself for what but Christ is there to see and hear and love and follow home. He looked upon you first but recognized you were not complete. And so he sought for your completion in each living thing that he beholds and loves and seeks it still, that each might offer you the love of God. His perfect lack of specialness he offers you, that you may save all living things from death, receiving from each one the gift of life that your forgiveness offers to your capital self. The sight of Christ is all there is to see. The song of Christ is all there is to hear. The hand of Christ is all there is to hold. There is no journey but to walk with him. And you see, that's not a lonely journey. When I embrace you, the loneliness in heaven is gone. When you embrace me, the loneliness in heaven is gone. All my brother's gifts are gifts to me. Thank you, everyone. It's so beautiful to walk with him. And it's not a lonely journey. <laughs> thank God. Oh, thank you, Laurie. That was just amazing. Thank you. How beautiful we are. Thank 